Learn how to manage your energy and grow your capacity in 10 minutes a day. If you've ever heard me talk about energetic time management, it's the core skill that I teach all my clients. I created this over 10 years ago when I was in the middle of recovering from stage four cancer. I had to figure out how to work, how to parent and take care of myself. And that's how ETM or energetic time management was born. And for a limited time, I'm going to be giving it away. Yep, you heard me correctly. I'm giving the actual skill and the step-by-step away to you. My, it's my ETM habit challenge. So head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash E-T-M and use promo code podcast to get free access for a limited time. Hello, Megan. Welcome. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Thanks, Heather. I'm so excited to be here. So I wanted to talk to you specifically on the episode around attracting profit. Um, You've been in my world for a little bit, but To me, profit is time, money, and energy. It's not just the financial profit that everyone thinks it is. And you're in a unique position because I think there's a lot of healthcare practitioners out there um, who we get stuck in this model um, and learning how to like be of service to the world. But a lot of the healthcare practitioners that I come into contact with, whether it's for personal service for myself or my family, I notice burnout as like a huge part of that. And it, it's not aligned with my values to take, um, to take like advice from someone who's burnt out when I want when I'm going to them to learn how to thrive. So not only are we having that conversation about you as a practitioner and how we need to lead and do all that fun stuff, but shifting our mindset from like dollar per hour to more results-based, which I know is like leaving one identity of the traditional mindset. And you've, you've been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely is a mindset shift to think about how to make that change. And I completely agree. Like when you go to access healthcare, um, one of the things I often say is, unfortunately in our world, a lot of the time healthcare is actually sick care where you're going. And maybe if you're having a heart attack or you're having a really significant health issue, um, that's the place you want to be. But if you're trying to optimize your health and, you know, really understand and dig deeper and create a solution for your health, then more than likely you need to access more healthcare services and our system, unfortunately, just that's not how it's built. It's not, people aren't trained for that. And we're often using algorithms to, okay, this is your diagnosis, here's your treatment. And, and it's pushing people through the system very quickly. And that does lead, lead to burnout in providers, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, there's resentment because you're working really hard. Maybe you're working harder than your patients are. And yeah, the, the, it's a different shift, not only for the provider, but also for the patients who are accessing care to look at something that's more results-based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's two types of people. Like I remember when I first started, I didn't even know 
like what optimization was, right? Because I was just like, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this. Not realizing that I was in a cycle of try this, now try this, do this test, take this supplement. And so when you're shifting from this, I don't want to call it paradigm or I guess it could be paradigm or system, but you as a practitioner want to move into a more like lifestyle medicine or optimization. What was the shift that you had to make personally, like in your mind and how you were setting up your practice? Well, I think it's in my mind, it's kind of recognizing that if we want to get results, we have to put the work in right? So I need to put the work in as a practitioner. The patient needs to put the work in and it's co-creation. It's coming up with a plan together. Mm -hmm. And um, often the way it works in our traditional healthcare model is like the patient comes in and has a 15 minute, 10 minute appointment, whatever it may be, and says, this is my symptom. And then you go, okay, here's your algorithm that we follow. And you have this diagnosis and here's your medication, or maybe it's some sort of, you know, physical therapy or something like that. But when we're looking at actually optimizing our health and getting like functional medicine, kind of the theme of it is getting to the root cause of your illness. So why do you experience the symptoms that you do? It's not just treating the symptom, it's looking at the underlying. So when we're doing that, we're we're really trying to dig deep and understand. And that doesn't happen in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But our population and our system, like everybody that's a healthcare provider is so used to working in that way. So even if it is like, sometimes you can see a naturopath and it might be still a more natural approach, but it's still often visit by visit. Let's like tackle something and then give you a solution. But where I'm trying to shift towards is like, let's understand your whole health your physical symptoms, your emotions, your timeline of how your health developed over your entire life so that we can understand and then start making shifts that are not going to cause you to be like the most healthy and amazing person tomorrow. But over the course of time, we achieve this wellness. So it's, it's a process and it doesn't, it's not just as simple as here's your quick fix. That's not what this is. It's not a quick fix at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember the first time I bought into, I'm going to call it like results-based packaging. And I'm saying this because we're going to talk about um, the work we've done together and um, what you kind of had to learn. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of being emotionally uncomfortable because I'm sure with one identity and one way of doing something, it's uncomfortable to go the other way. But we're also not retraining, we're also retraining our own brain and our own way of doing something, but you're retraining your clients, your patients as well, right? To get that. And I remember when I personally, as a patient, bought my first like results-based, I'm going to call it container of space or package or program with a functional medicine practitioner. Like it was a larger investment. I wanted to vomit and poop my pants, but I felt so like after I jumped in, I felt so like all the stress kind of melted away. I felt held and supported. Like I wasn't on this hamster wheel of trying, of just throwing noodles at the wall. I actually spent less money 
but it was more upfront. So it felt really big to me. Um, but if I added up all the things that I was spending money on to try to solve a problem, I was spending way more money trying to solve the problem, but it felt uncomfortable because it forced me to like sit and follow a process and change my own lifestyle habits, which was, that was the actual transformation. So I'm just curious what your noticing because you're still in it, right? You're transitioning. So what have you noticed within like the skills that you've had to develop to go from like one way of practice to the other way? Yeah. So I think you really hit the nail on the head by saying like educating your clients too, because our, like I said, we're so used to it just being like, okay, here's your appointment. And then like, we'll check in, you know, when things go off the rail again in like a month or two months or whatever it may be. So for me, it's a bit of a mindset shift in just realizing like I can have people that are just going to check in with me every so often. And I also use Voxer for support. So getting them to message me in between, and then we're actually able to course correct. Yeah. So this has been a huge shift for me and my clients where they're like, things are, things are starting, the wheels are starting to fall off but they're messaging me and I'm like, okay, try this. And then let me know how it goes tomorrow. And then we, we troubleshoot. And then all of a sudden we're back on track. And if we didn't have that, they would have completely lost course and probably everything else in their plan would have gone to crap because they just feel like they're failing and nothing's working. So it's been a bit of a mindset shift for me too, because I'm so you know, as a healthcare practitioner, we're just trained to think like, okay, we just meet our clients for the appointments that, you know, they request. But if we make this transition, how much easier is our job as well by actually keeping tabs on our clients and, and giving them, you know, even a little bit of that motivation and that like, Hey, I'm checking on you. Like that does something for a lot of people, right. To know that somebody's watching you and, and going to ask you how things are going. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is this, I hear you talking about like giving people their power back, also holding them accountable to the results that they want. That is, now I want to talk about money words. So I talk a lot about money words, which are by definition, the words that people are already throwing money at. That's what I mean by money words. It's not like when people are like, oh, the things people will pay. And it's like, no, people are actively already throwing money to solve these problems. So I'm trying to think of my own life right now. I mean... <laughs> My first thought that came up was like constipation. That was my first thought, okay? But like, these are problems that people have that they are trying to throw money at or children's behavior or trying to make more money in their business. But I mean, you can see it everywhere. So what are... And then I want to talk about the psychological factors because I think that's very different. So psychological factors are the type of person that is good or qualified to work with you in this more like results oriented package rather than like just check-ins um, mm -hmm. because that's going to be a different type of person than somebody who's like maybe brand new on their journey and, and don't even understand like what a supplement is, right? Like they're just like, what is this? So what are like, um, first of all, you know what money words are, right? You're like, you're not mm -hmm. like, oh crap, this is the first time I'm <laughs> 
No, I've, I've been listening to you. Heather. I brain, I brain, I brainwashed uh, you a little bit. So what are the type of, what did you learn about money words when it, rather than like your regular nurse practitioner brain, um, when it comes to like actually attracting people who need you? So are you asking what my, like the money words of my clients tend to be? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the time it's like hormone problems, headaches, um, poor energy, the, the concept of like, I went to my doctor and they told me everything was normal. Like that's a really big theme. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, it could be so many different things, constipation, diarrhea, bloating. Like those are big words that I hear from people too, that are like the pain points. Yeah. Um, skin health, like rashes, psoriasis, eczema, those are other big things because I deal so much with women's health and hormones and gut health. Mm -hmm. So these are like the foundation of so many different things where a lot of the time it's, yeah, the the things that I've mentioned there, the energy, um, feeling like they just don't know what to do. I'm Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed. I, I read so much and I'm trying so many different things but I don't know if it's working or maybe I got a little bit of traction here, but I just can't seem to break the cycle or another really common one is problems with weight loss. Like that's another, when we have stuff going on in our gut and our hormones, it can be really difficult. Yeah. So why? Okay. So when it comes to attracting profit, I'm just going to go on a soapbox for a second. When it comes to attracting profit, the women I attract are, busy. They have full lives. They're most of them are raising children. They're like professionals. They have skills. Um, we don't have a lot of extra time just to throw away. And when I, so people talk about niching and I'm like, sure, you can niche, you can do the things, but you have to know specifically what people are already trying to solve. I think that's really, really important. Not necessarily what you want to solve. So we can bring both together, but I see sometimes people getting stuck in this, like, I want to change the world. I want to make an impact. I want all these women you know, doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yes, but we do have to meet people where they are at in the problem that they are currently trying to solve. And then we can give them what they need as well. So when you're working with people, what is the difference between their money words of what they say they want to solve versus what sometimes they actually need? So let's take uh, weight loss as an example, right? Everyone's like, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I'm going to try all these things. I'm frustrated, but I'm, I, I'm used to burnout and I'm used to things feeling hard. So I'm going to just keep at it. But what is it that you notice what they say they need versus what they actually need? Yeah. So if we take weight loss as an example, it could be, yeah, that I'm doing everything and I can't lose weight. Um, Those are the words that they're saying. And then when I talk to them, what we're finding out is maybe they have a little bit too much stress going on in their life. They're in this cycle of fight or flight where they just can't calm down their system. And their body is like, I'm going to hold on to all this fat because we're not in a safe place. Maybe there is also some stuff happening in the gut. So we actually can have different bacteria that thrive in our gut um, and create more fat storage in our system, which is just mean, but it's way more common than we realize. Yeah. So lots of the time people will be like, I don't have diarrhea. I don't have any problems with my gut. I don't have bloating. And then we look at their gut test and they're like, 
oh, okay. And we start working on that. And then all of a sudden their system starts working a bit better. They feel their system also feels safer. We work on their emotions. We work on the feelings that they're holding in. Um, And then things start to improve. Other things would be like blood sugar issues. So people often will think, no, I don't have any problems with my blood sugar because my doctor told me my blood sugar was good on my blood test. But, But that really is not a great indicator. We don't get a lot of information from that. So there could be a lot of ups and downs in the blood sugar and also more insulin output. And insulin causes increased fat storage. So it's like, those are not the fancy, sexy things that people want to hear when it comes to weight loss though, right? So that's where it's like, okay, bring, bring them in. Okay. They have problems with their weight or maybe they have low energy. Okay. Let's, let's focus on improving some of those things with a few little simple strategies, but we're really going to get deeper and actually solve the problem by maybe using the gut testing and looking at some functional um, labs that are going to give us more information or even, you know, hormones also can play a big role in this too. Yeah. So So this is a huge, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it is about giving them what they want or like when they say I need help with right money words and then teaching them what they actually need. So it's giving them that as well, right? We want to solve those problems, but we're also giving them that additional support. This is so different than a 15 minute consult and then like quick, right? So even the process and system is really difficult for people to understand when they're going through process. Like I know in my world, as you know, because you came into my world, there's so much uncertainty because we are not used to like living and learning this way, but it's like, how, how are things going to change? I've been living my life for X amount of years this way. You're telling me I'm going to get the results that I've been looking for if I've been throwing noodles at the wall, right? So it's we have to get outside of our current thinking and current way of how we got here in order to see things differently. So again, attracting profit, understanding those money words of what they actually want, and then giving them that plus what they actually need in the container of space that's going to create transformation which is what you said, Megan, which is, you know, helping them in between their sessions when things start to go, you know, a little wonky. Now let's talk about psychological factors, because when we're mixing psychological factors and the money words together, this is how we attract an, I'm going to say ideal client, but that's not I don't like that term, Um, but psychological factors are a little bit different than what I've seen out there. I've been taught, which was about like, where does she work? How much money does she make? And I'm like, these are not material things. So what are some of the psychological factors of people that you attract that say yes to this new way of like healthcare? I would say a lot of the time, like I am primarily working with women that are, you know, they can vary in age all the way from like, you know, 20 to twenties to 70. Um, and these are usually people like I kind of alluded to before where they're seeking answers, but they're not getting the answers. So they're going to their doctor, they're going to a naturopath, they're going to wherever, they're going to all these different providers and like, why do I feel the way I do? And they're like, I don't know, everything looks normal. Or, um, you know, maybe you just need to change your diet a little bit, but they just feel like they don't get an answer. And so I find I get a lot of women 
that are sick of being told everything's normal and they really want a solution. So they're ready to make change. They're ready to dive in. They're usually someone that's a bit more action oriented. So ready to like with functional medicine, it's not just here's your medication. These are often people that are saying, I don't want a medication. I want a solution. I want to feel better. I don't want to just cover up my symptoms. I want them to go away and actually go away. So I would say those are some of the really big things that I see. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to call that out, right? So I would be one of your ideal clients from a perspective of I've done so much work, like seeking from all these healthcare practitioners that I actually seek out people who are proactive instead of reactive, right? So I seek out people that when I'm investing in something, I want them to take away I want them to give me my life back in the sense of time and energy from all the time and energy I've been investing in re- like doing research, trying to solve a problem, the time of taking time off work or taking time away from my kids to do this test and that test and like running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So I want them to give me my time and energy back. I want them to know exactly what my goals are right? And my goals might not be aligned with balancing my hormones. I know that's a trigger term too, but like (laughs) every time I say this to a practitioner, they're like, everyone outside says balancing your hormones, but that's like not even a thing. Well, maybe that's money words. Well, it is. It's just like when they say to me, they're seeking balance. Like, and I'm like, there's no such thing as like life balance, but that is a money word, right? People are like, I need to balance my hormones. But my point is I want people who are going to give me back my time and energy and can co-create with me. Cause I think a huge part of what I've been hearing you say that makes you a little bit different as well. And you're integrating that into your service is you're really listening to people because you have you're creating a space where they have the time and capacity and you're co-creating with them. So it's like, okay, here's the testing, here's the plan. Now go do it. Like go integrate it. Now when you get feedback from your body or something's not working, then we're going to see what's going on and then we can keep at it because no two bodies are the same and that is the crazy part about all this work. Yeah, we're all yeah. so unique for sure. And that's where functional medicine really, I just think like comes in handy, right? Um, Just because, yeah, we we can't use a blanket approach. So when did you, when did you start to shift to this mindset, like in your own professional journey? I think it's been a transition over time, right? Like um, I've kind of done this where I've worked in more of a traditional healthcare model as a nurse practitioner. And I started doing my functional medicine training and tried using it in the system. Um, But it was really challenging to try and do that in the system because you're just, you've got time constraints. You don't actually have time in advance of an appointment to be like, preparing, like for instance, with my clients, I have them do intakes. I'm thinking about and brainstorming before we even meet. Right. But you don't do that in a like doctor's office, quote unquote. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was just feeling myself quite limited in how I could approach health and really help people. 
Um, definitely like I can give little tidbits of information in a traditional system, but essentially I just, I feel like my hands are tied, um, because I'm, I don't have enough time. I don't have the tools I need to actually execute a functional medicine approach. That's going to be changing people's lives. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been a transition of, okay, having my own private practice, um, working some of this in and then recognizing some of these same things because I was trying to do it the same way with it being like, here's our hour visit. Okay. Let's have another visit to just go over some results when you're just doing like peppering in those visits, but you're not having that, um, continual conversation or, you know, if you don't have that, um, not contract with a client, but like the, the idea of having packaging where you have that built in, where you're like, we're going to follow up and we're going to go through your results and we're going to come up with a plan. When you don't have that set up, it's so much easier for people to be like, huh, what, what was I supposed to do? Like, I don't know where I'm going. So this is like you, they actually have a roadmap, right? Like this is the direction that we're taking. And it, it creates like, again, that accountability and that, um, expectation, like knowing kind of what the plan is going to be so that you don't just fall off the plan. Or I find that's also the time, like when I wasn't having more package programming is people, if I didn't make the effort to reach out, you know, some people would make the effort to reach out to me. And that's kind of how our, our traditional system works. Okay. You just book in for another appointment. You call your doctor's office, make another appointment, but, um, people fall off and then they start being like, well, it didn't work. Yeah, it, it, I didn't get the outcome that I wanted. And that's because we were trying to do it the wrong way. So then they are like, oh, well, that didn't work. So I'm just going to go try another person. And so it just the cycle continues. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on where you are in the actual system, it's incredibly defeating because there's like a mountain that you're climbing mentally every single time you have to call make the appointment. And then usually there's limited availability and then you're playing the cycle over and over and over again. So let's talk about, um, money and sales because so many people I talk to, they, they either say they like money and sales and, but it makes them emotionally uncomfortable once they start doing it, or they're like, Oh, don't go there. When you go from a traditional model, dollar per hour, I'm saying dollar per hour, dollar per session to container, you're kind of like reverse engineering the actual true cost of a transformation, right? Like whatever that person wants to receive. So it's like upfront or you're like, okay, there's phases and we're going to do this in phases. And sometimes that's a, a big pill for people to swallow. They're like, oh my gosh, this is incredibly emotionally uncomfortable. Tradition, I know there's also like a victim mentality versus like, you know, a proactive mindset. And we can see this in generations as well. Like I could just think of like my parents, for example, what they're willing to invest in, what they're not willing to invest in for their health. And money's never the actual objection, even when people say it's the objection. So let's talk about leadership in the sense of like the inner work that you have had to do in order to attract more financial profit in your life, doing this in a more non-traditional way? Because I'm sure that's been triggering for you. Like when you're like, okay, now it's not just our procession. I'm asking for more money up front. Like, let's just be honest and open because this is where people get stuck and they just won't, they won't go past 
this part when you had to like ask for that package the first time? Yeah. Um, and it can be like, for me, it definitely was uncomfortable. And I, I've had to think a lot about how, um, like what my mindset is on money, um, and how I want to spend my money. And I used to just kind of be like, it's an investment. And I know it's a lot of money, but if you phrase it like that, that doesn't really help the situation. And I think me having more confidence in what I'm offering has been a real game changer because me being confident and saying like, this is going to help. And I know I can help you. That gives confidence to your clients as well. So for me, I notice as soon as I start approaching my offer with more confidence, my clients are more confident. They're more excited. And yes, I think all of us can have that moment of like, oh, that's like, I don't know about that when you hear a certain dollar number. And mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what it is. Like, I think, you know, you say that sometimes if some somebody might not be worth willing to spend a dollar or $500 or $1,000, like it doesn't matter, whatever the cost is. Mm-hmm. If people hear a dollar amount, they're just going to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But for me, I think um, having a lot of confidence in the skills that I have and what I can offer to people, I I actually used to, for instance, with testing, like um, comprehensive stool analysis and hormone testing, which I do tons of. Um, I used to approach it kind of like, well, you know, it's really expensive, but it's like really, um, uh, like it probably will be really good for you and we'll get some answers. But now I'm like, you know what? I do this all the time and I've helped so many people and there's things that we don't know if we don't look there. Mm -hmm. And if we get this information, we get objective data. This is like the DNA of what's in your stool. And it actually can be a real game changer because instead of just being like, hmm, I think maybe you might have like some candida overgrowth or um, maybe you have a parasite, like we're just guessing, or maybe you're not digesting things as well as you should. Now I'm like, nope, this is what's happening because the test tells us that. And it's a good test. I've done enough of them and seen enough results that I'm like, yes, yeah. this is where, where we got to go. And if we work on this, we're going to see all these other downstream positive effects in your skin, your hormones, your energy, your digestion, you know, all of this. And when you phrase it like that and you're confident, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty hard for someone to be like, yeah, I don't want that. And it, and then it becomes, okay, they want that. And then do they feel comfortable with the price? And, and then sometimes having to work around that. Mm-hmm. But if you're confident in what you're offering, then I think it's a lot easier for people to say yes to. In my experience, that's a, that's a big thing that I've noticed. Yeah. And it's also like having certainty in your process. Like if people are like, oh, just tell me what to do. And it's like, well, no, step one is we do testing. Like that's a non-negotiable. Like I won't, and not saying that you do this, but it's like really owning your process. Because I have found in my work when like control is always a thing where people want to control how the their process goes like people are like oh i just want this or i just want this and it's like but you want this result so we at the same time have to let go and trust the process and trust the people that we're hiring right yes so let's talk about resistance a little bit because we are saying we're going from one model to the other you have to expect resistance, like from potential 
patients, potential clients. Like we are literally changing the current of the healthcare system. Like that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So what have, what skills, and I'm laughing because this is like the most uncomfortable part, have you had to learn, and I know it's an ongoing skill, to manage your own resistance to something as you're learning to be confident? Because I also like really supported you through like, we don't need to do all or nothing. Like, let's just slowly shift how you're working with people. I see so many people like, I don't know, they just the online space is, I have a love-hate relationship with it because you'll see it like three easy steps to doing this overnight. And it's like, yeah, but you need to become a different person, right? In order to do that. So I'm a huge fan on like slowly shifting because you actually get quicker results and more sustainable results. So what have you had to learn about mastering your own resistance, which I'm sure has given you confidence in mastering other people's resistance when they're like ready to make a big change in their life. Like, how do you manage that? Well, I think it's honestly having to push through some of that discomfort and recognize like, yeah, maybe baby steps to like, for instance, you know, when I've changed my pricing first doing it, okay, I'm going to jump up a little bit and see how I feel with that. And then, and then, okay, that worked. Okay. I'm feeling confident with that. We're going to, we're going to take it to the next level. Um, so sometimes it is just doing it in small steps where you feel like the gains, right? Cause if you maybe the way my brain works anyways, is if I try and go for something big and I, and I screwed up the first time, then I'm going to feel like all oh, that, that was a failure. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been good to do it in baby steps. And then also just having, um, I, I do so much journaling. I was actually never a journal person until I started working with you and like this, I have this huge so much notebook. Joy. Like I every morning I wake up and I just dump my thoughts. And it's interesting how that can really help you process the feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like we've had this discussion about the running towards the storm, like the buffalo or the cow, right? Yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to be, or, or the buffalo or the bull. I yeah, don't know. Me, you, I'm always changing it up. Next time it. It, I know next time it'll be like a horse or something, yeah. but yes, I think it's a, a Buffalo and a cow. Yeah. So a Buffalo runs towards the storm. Yeah. Whereas a cow is going to hide, right. Or the bull is going to hide. Yeah. So running towards the storm. So it's like going toward the discomfort and like everything that you stand for about being emotionally uncomfortable. But when you start having those emotionally uncomfortable conversations, I think I've noticed that I'm able to bring that out in my clients too, to talk about the emotional uncomfortable and resistance. And that's not something that everybody does. And I know I've had a lot of people, like, I mean, just in the functional medicine, I mean, we do a lot more questioning of people than um, in our mainstream world. But as I've kind of pulled at like, why, why, what's holding you back on this? right? Whether it's something that they're resisting and making change, or if it's, you know, working with me, you know, it's having those discussions are really important. Yeah. I, I do find, um, in healthcare. And when I say healthcare, it's anyone listening. That's like it, a service-based industry. doesn't matter what problem, if you're working with people, you have to understand human psychology, um, because 
you're working with people. And if you have a team or colleagues, like you're working with people, resistance is going to show up. But the second someone's coming towards you and saying, I'm in a lot of pain and discomfort, and I've been throwing little noodles at the wall, there's almost this weird thing that happens when you're like, hey, I do things differently, which is going to actually get you the result that you've been looking for. It may not look the way you wanted it to, and we got to work together. You need to take some ownership here. But yeah, this is going to work for you. It's almost like that the deepest fear that they've had, like they're looking in the mirror at it. Like I know I've had that when I'm about to take a big leap and it it doesn't have to be a big financial investment, but it's like, you're going to do this thing rather than like, oh yeah, I'll go make that doctor's appointment. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to commit to this. And that is some like, deep truth. And I think we are often butting up against that with people that if I say yes to this, what else is going to change in my life? And humans don't like to feel out of control. So I think that's really what we're running up against, but people will tell us it's money, it's time, it's energy, it's our kids, like all the excuses come up. But at the end, at the truth is like, you're going to change if you want change. And we don't like to feel out of control. No, it's a definite shift in the power, the control and the fear, the fear of like letting go of that control or the fear of failure, like fear. I think that's something that comes up so much. And like, why do we feel that way? I know I've made you feel some fear. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's good. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) I love, yeah, I always love challenging people and I'm like, let's see if they're up for the challenge. And then we go there And some run towards it, some run away from it. But I do feel like anyone listening that's like, oh my gosh, I can really empathize with Megan or I'm in a similar industry and I've been wanting to do this. It's not just about having a strategy or packaging your programs or pricing. Like that's the easy part. It is really about like becoming, right? Like who do you need to become to lead this? Um, facing your own, like you said, your money stuff, knowing how to have these emotionally uncomfortable conversations with people, how to be like perseverant and have the grit to like continue when you want to give up. I'm sure that's something that happens all the time, does for me. Mm-hmm. And what I often see is when people are traditionally educated and they have really good book smarts, um, they don't understand these, like what they would consider soft skills, emotionally, inte- like emotional intelligence, because it's the complete, you can't, there's no test for this. It's, it's like action and integration. So I'm curious your thoughts on that, because I noticed that from traditionally book smart people, they're very, very logical. And I'm like, you got to get into the feelings a little bit in order to know how to navigate this when you're, you're when you're shifting literally from one model to the other. What's your perspective on that? Oh, totally. I think, um, yeah, that's so huge. Doing the emotional work and understanding your own, your own beliefs and your own, your, like limiting beliefs, really, um, and trying to work through some of that to better understand yourself. Um, and like you say, I, when I was looking for somebody to work with to help me with my business like the reason I came to you was because I've been thinking I need someone to help me with my business but I don't want them to just tell me like how you said these are how you price things and this is how you do a like whatever um lead magnets that sort of stuff I didn't want that I wanted to understand like how do I do this in a way that feels 
good for me and will allow me to love my job forever and to be with my family and still have that connection, live my life the way I want to. I don't want my my life to just be about my business and then that feeling of resentment and all of that. And so for me, I think that the, the hugest part of this is having the emotional work that goes with it so that when you make these shifts, you are making them in a positive way that feel that for me, it feels in alignment for me. I don't feel icky about what I'm doing with my clients. I feel really excited and happy. They feel excited and happy. My family notices it in me too. Like it's, um, yeah, you, it's you doing my money words by the way. Did you know that? No. And that's so funny. You did because you were like, I didn't just want someone who was going to give me the strategy. I also wanted someone who was blah, blah, blah. I'm literally going to go back to this audio, (laughs) but here's my point here. Okay. Perfect example. We're recording this and real time. Like you just said my money words. So now if I go back and I listen to it and I copy and paste those words, and let's say I put that on a email or in a post, or I said it in a podcast and you were like, is she talking to me? Right. Then it's magnetic Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing it to be manipulative. I'm doing it to attract the exact person who is seeking the exact product or service that I can deliver. Because if somebody is just looking for a strategy, I am not their person like flat out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're not willing to feel your feelings and do the inner work, I am not your person because it, it takes both. So this is why I'm so passionate about this because when you know the psychological factors and your money words, and you know how to package your stuff, you're putting that out there. You're putting that energy out there, whether it's within words or how you lead or whatever. And that person is literally like, you are an answer to their prayer. You are a legit answer to their prayer. And that's how we make a bigger impact. I think so often we're like heart-led and soul-led and we're like, oh, I just want to help everybody. And I'm like, I don't even know how to refer anybody to you. Like you want to help the world. You want to save the world. But who specifically, when we get clarity there, That's how we can attract more people. We can always evolve and change it over time, but this is why it's so important to do the foundational work. And you are living proof of what I would consider a coachable person, Megan, when you're like, okay, I'll take your feedback. I'll integrate it. Hey, this is what happened. What's next? And then we co-create together. Yes. Yes. And the last thing that you said, which I think is so important, because again, profit to me is time, money, and energy. When you are thriving as a practitioner, one, you're living proof, showing your clients or or patients the exact same thing. Like, look, look, you can thrive. You can thrive. Like, come on over. You can thrive. This is, we're changing the cultural conversation for women, literally making a bigger impact. You are more present with your family. Your family is thriving. That is the work-life balance that people would seek, integration, alignment. Um, What do you... Let's go back to your old self six months ago or a year ago before you came into my world when you like knew there was possibility, but you didn't know the how, what did she need? What does she need to hear that version of you? I think it's about not being, well, not, 
you still are going to feel scared, but taking a leap, like you do have to take the leaps and you do have to um, do things that feel maybe a little bit out of your reach. And if you don't try that, then how are you ever going to know? And the other thing I would say is like worrying a lot less about what people around you think or what you believe they think. Who knows what those people think? But that's been something that I often am like, oh, what are people going to think? And uh, how are they going to judge me? And that doesn't that doesn't serve me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I might believe there is going through their brain may not be at all. They may have a total opposite belief. Maybe they're cheering me on. Yeah. And um, we can our brains can trick ourselves into doing things that just don't make sense. So it's hard to trust yourself and hard to make the leap, but sometimes you just got to make the leap and try it. Yeah. And I just heard you say you have to do everything that you want your clients to do. Like your yes. potential clients. Like you have, we have to lead, you know, I'm telling people all the time, like you, you have this big dream, you have this desire, but like you haven't done it yet. So how do you expect people to gain trust in you if you are not leading by example? So you are a beautiful example, Megan, of leading by example and taking uncomfortable leaps, um, thinking outside the box, and it's really making an impact in people's lives who are willing to do the work. So where can people find you if they've been engaged in this conversation and thinking, maybe I need Megan in my life? Yeah. Um, so you could check my website. It's functionalnp.ca. So as in functional nurse practitioner. And my Instagram is Megan Craker. It looks like Croker. Maybe Heather can put it in the notes. Megan Craker. Yeah. Just under- spell it. Spell your last name for yeah. them. Megan K-R-O-E-K-E-R underscore functional NP. And you can find me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Um, and yeah, my website, there's a link for, um, booking or my wait list. So I'm, I'm open to Ontario residents for services. Perfect. Yeah. Canada needs all the help it can get. <laughs> That's right. We sure Thank do. You. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Heather. I sometimes joke that I wish I taught people how to make green smoothies for a living. But I know I'm doing that because I'm trying to run away from what brings me joy. And what brings me joy is helping women and men, families in general, and children feel alive. And sometimes that journey to feeling alive is painful. It's emotionally uncomfortable, and it's not always easy. This is why I created the Aligned Life Quiz. So if you're tired of being tired, you want to stop just surviving, and you want to find out exactly where to focus and access realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact, you can head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz. It takes you two minutes and it's going to show you. I call them internal leadership skills. Where do you need to focus your energy and attention for the quickest results? And also, which phase are you living in? So head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash life quiz to take the aligned life quiz right now. 
If you're ready to stop just surviving and you want to start thriving, but you don't know how to manage it all, go there. It will take you two minutes and it will change your life. I also, on the inside, show you which podcast episodes to listen to based on your quiz results. HeatherChauvin.com forward slash life, L-I-F-E, quiz. 